It's Cofield and Company. The show was always hobbled in some doing, way. Uh, Mentally, with Ari around. I was doing some... Uh, Physically, with Adam around. Sure. You're in a bubble! So get out of the bubble, talk to real people. There's no less healthy show in the country! It's time for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go on a Monday, Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is the company. Busy day as we uh, follow up on what's going on with VGK and management and Pete DeBoer. Interesting note around the NHL. There is a great coach available now, so we'll get to that a little later on. What follow-up do we have on Mark Davis allegations hurled his way by Dan Ventrelli, who went out of the organization on Friday. That's coming up. Lots of NBA. I told you. What did I tell you last week about a series getting physical and there would be retaliation? Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. But we start out concerned about Adam Hill's safety. Long driving weekend to go to Phoenix, <laughs> watch UFC. Are you okay? I'm good. It was a, an adventure. I, I didn't really expect to go cover the card this weekend. I just kind of decided Saturday morning. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to drive down and cover this card. It should be a fun one. Instead of sitting at home and watching it, you know, I got some time. I'm going to go down there. And I uh, went down there and covered it. it was, for the most part, a great card. <laughs> some, uh, maybe one of the best knockouts in UFC history. Uh, we'll see where that kind of, you know, I don't like to judge those things right after like everybody else does. Everybody else moved right to the top of the list. I was like, yeah, let's give it some time to add some context. One of the worst fights in, in women's fighting history we've ever seen. Um, and what are we talking about? Human blanket action? No. Or just stall, stall, stall? No, it was very reminiscent. This in, was uh, Carla Esparza. And, and there's like. And Rose Nama Yunus, the champion. I actually former. like these fights more than other people do. And, and I'll tell you why. And I, I said the same thing about if, if people remember the uh, Derek Lewis Francis Ngannou fight, where literally they went in there and fainted and posed yeah. and, st- and circled. Yeah. And both wanted to counter, and both were scared of the other person going first. So it was just a standoff of like, I don't want to, I don't want to aggressively go because then you're going to counter me and you're going to beat me. So it was a chess match, and people were like, "Boo, this sucks!" And I was like, "This is really intriguing. These are two of the best so knockout artists a, in the world." A standoff with women, one better at striking, and the other wants to get it to the ground. So clearly, Rose Namajunas' plan going in, she's the champion, was okay. All Carla Esparza can do is shoot for takedowns on me and beat me. And so she appeared to have like 50 counters ready for takedowns. And that's what she was going to do. She was going to stand there and she was going to wait for Carla Sparza to shoot for a takedown and she was going to counter it. And then Carla went in and never shot for a takedown and she waited for Rose to go. So it's, it's a lot of posing and jostling for 25 minutes where really nothing happened. Now, I actually scored the fight for Rose. I thought that she landed like three punches, <laughs> which were more than what what Carla did. I don't think either one of them can complain necessarily, uh, but it was a re- it was a really tough fight to score. Um, really boring for the fans. I understand that just want blood, uh, but those like stylistically, those things can happen. We saw we've seen it happen in fights before, and in this one, it was just it just so happened that it fell between. Unbelievable knockout by Michael Chandler on Tony Ferguson uh, and really, really thrilling uh, main event. It, it came right in the middle of it, and it just did not go well for the audience there. 
Yeah, I mean, like, the fans got what they wanted in the main event. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. A knockout of that magnitude or a finish of that magnitude, yeah. a chokeout of that magnitude. Carlos Oliveira knocked down twice, then he rallies and chokes out Justin Gavin. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, rock him, sock him, and the guy who sure. was uh, missing weight, which we'll get into later on sure. with uh, Scalegate around UFC. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, the other knockout before the women's fight, like, kick from hell. Oh. Uh, I saw a couple. I saw a couple overhead shots, like in the crowd, like how fast it looked. Live, it was crazy. As uh, Tony Ferguson was on the receiving end of uh, what turns out to be a lifelong meme, I guess. Oh, did you see the still shot of the contact on Uh, his face? uh, He got kicked in the face by Michael Chandler, and his face was like I don't even know what you would call it—some cartoon character, just all mashed and mushed. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, as you're, as you're referencing, after the fights, like, I kind of hung out with some people, went to dinner. It was, like, 2 in the morning. Everybody's leaving. The bars are closing down. And I was like, oh, I know I'm going to go book a hotel. And I said, no, why? Let's just drive back through the desert. It was fun. How was it? Uh, perfect time to drive. Yeah. I went I went an hour and 45 minutes without seeing another car. It was incredible. It was great. I loved it. No, it was a little, you know, a lot of. I was, I was going to make a joke about the, uh, the dam and if any uh, dead bodies had rolled up onto the road. But they actually have the, I yeah. think it's pretty, it's pretty much closed down, right? Well, you At night, you, you can't actually go down. I don't think you can snake down. Last yeah. time I tried to, you, they have a close at night. Yeah, I imagine they probably do. For, so There's no point. There's now this you know, mega bridge over it, which when you're going over it, you don't even know really that you're going over it. It also... Uh, you just fly by it. Oh, yeah. It, it throws off like the mileage signs, too. I think they need to update some of them. Like, you're, you're, it's, not, it's not accurate. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice, nice, nice drive home. It's, it's the worst. I mean, people have... I'm sure everybody here is on the radio. Everybody listening has probably done it. Like, there is... Nothing yeah. for between Kingman and uh, you know the uh, the one stop used to be in Wikiup, where there was like a trading post. It was hey, really going cool on there. They, got a, they rerouted that. And they closed it down. Huh, okay. That that uh, that trading post is gone. It, it got knocked down. I guess. Damn. At some point, if it was closed and, and knocked it down, so wind. No, I mean I think it was. Uh, <laughs> it was probably case? probably closed for COVID, and there was nobody traveling, so they knocked it down. But uh, yeah, it's it's you go from Kingman to Wickenburg, nothing. Love Crazy. Wickenburg. It's a great little Slow town. down. It's a great little town. Slow down. Sure. So we got more UFC coming up. We'll get into uh, the scale issues, which I think are pretty, pretty big deal. And then uh, one fight had to be dropped for uh, an odd reason. So the NFL schedule rollout has begun. So the official day is May twelfth, later in the week, but they're doing little morsels here and there that sure. they're dropping with all of their partner morning shows. So what do we find out today? We'll have a week two doubleheader, but it's not officially, not I guess a doubleheader isn't the right word. It's staggered starts uh, because there'll be two game, two Monday night games week two. It's really not a doubleheader. The games are too close. Yeah. Why'd you do that? <laughs> I think they decided, there's one's on ABC, and I think they were like, we're not cutting into whatever, night look Kimmel. Is it Kimmel on ABC now? We're not cutting into that on the East Coast. They put two games virtually on top of each other? Yeah. 7.15 and 8.30, so it'll be basically Bills, halftime. Titans at Bills, 7.15, so 4.15 our time. Eagles hosting the Vikings at 5.30 our time. That's stupid. I mean, <laughs> yay, the schedule's out. Yay. I, I like. Come I kind of like that. It starts at halftime, so you'll get, you know, if the one game's close, you can keep it there and then watch the second half of the other. And I mean, I, you know, most people are in a spot where they can watch two TVs. Even more reason to go hang out with us on a Monday night. Watch two games, two TVs. Okay, not a bad idea. Not the worst idea. Doubleheader week two, though. Okay. Yeah. Where do you think they came up with this idea? 
I'm willing to bet ABC wanted it. I don't I don't know where it came from or why. For whatever reason, ABC, ESPN, the Disney family must have wanted it. Is there like a major, maybe there's like a major Disney event that weekend or something and they want to. We'll probably find out, right? Yeah. There's something else they're promoting. Sure. There's a bigger game than just these games. Sure. Okay. So midday Friday, we find out that Dan Ventrelli is out as the president of the Raiders after what, seven months at the helm and, you know, years and years and years with the organization. A little while later, he comes out and says, uh, hey, they got a hostile work environment over there. I warned Mark Davis about it. I didn't like how he reacted. I went to the NFL. Now he's fired me in retaliation. Mark Davis has said? Nothing. Really? Well. Two plus days? Nothing. He did. I mean, he did speak. He spoke with us um, first, Ori, and he, you know, basically played, you know, company line and said that, you know, the truth will come out type stuff, but he would not obviously address Ventrilli directly. And that's why, I mean, there, there's no reason to. Like, there, why would you? Like, this is clearly going to be litigated. It's clearly going to be an investigation. There's going to be lawsuits filed on both sides, I would imagine. Like, there's, not, there's nothing that can come out of talking about it on the record. So um, I would, would expect nothing less, and I, I, don't, I wouldn't fault anyone for that. Like, when some stuff like this happens. Yeah, he's also not super loquacious when it comes to these issues. Sure. Probably smart for doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I mean I'm not I would not read anything into, you know, the team or Mark Davis himself not speaking on this. Like the they'll have to speak on it at some point when, you know, either in front of a judge or in a deposition or, you know, to investigators or whatever they're gonna have to do. But there's no reason to uh, you know, to to play it out in public right now for them. Let's start out the week with a ticket giveaway. Ari's at our uh, ticket window. 13th, two tickets, Steve Miller Band in town, Venetian Theater, 8 o'clock. You can grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets for the 13th, Steve Miller Band, uh, here for two nights on uh, May 13th and May 14th to close out this week. 364-1100, Caller number seven. Coming up, I think the biggest events of the weekend may have been someone attacking Chris Paul's family in Dallas or... Was it the fun family event for all? The Kentucky Derby. I watched it. It was awesome. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Shandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Shandon. These two strive for strive. Simplification down the outside is next. We're coming down to the wire. Epicenter, Shandon. Rich strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Red Strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Rolling on a Monday, Adam Hill is here. You hear the call of the Kentucky Derby. Awesome race. I'm guessing you were in the arena for USC 274 when the race was going off. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, well, yes. The answer is yes. There is a sports book in the arena. Is that right? Yeah. 
So I, uh, what well, arena is it? Because I can't keep track of the arenas in Phoenix. Footprint Center now. It's and that's where the Suns play? Yeah. You that's see, the one kind of right downtown at right, the end of a block or something? Right next to Chase Center. Yeah. There, it's, it's where the Suns play. The, I think the Mercury still play there, too. It used to be America West Arena. I think it's had some other incarnations of names. But, yeah, there is a sports book inside. So you can get either from outside. You could walk into the sports book. Or from the arena, you can go on the, on the uh, concourse and enter. So a couple minutes before the race, I just walked up, went into the concourse, went to the sports book, and watched the race. You did? Yeah. Did you want to place a bet? Uh, I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. Before I left Nevada. It was not on uh, it was not on the winner. <laughs> Mo Donegal I had. I had Mo Donegal in a matchup. Okay. I played a matchup. Mo finished fourth? Fourth or fifth? Somewhere in there. I think there. fifth. Wasn't it another long shot to finish fourth simplification? That was like north of 30 to 1. I, I mean, I joked about it on Friday. I, I was serious. As of Friday morning, I could not have told you one horse. In the I race. knew absolutely nothing about the Derby like you on Friday. But on Saturday, I generally will have t- you know a TV on and be doing whatever chores around the house. And I happened to put it on like an hour before, and I had no idea when the race was going to go off. I'm like, eh, it usually goes off at like 6.15 Eastern. And they pushed it back. They pushed it like to the brink. It was like, I think it was 3.59 Pacific. Uh, so I had it on for like an hour. And can I tell you, I actually, I totally enjoyed the presentation. I know it's going to sound stupid. Oh, boy. No, I did. Because first of all, they've got like 19 people on mic. Like all, like all as analysts. It's crazy. And they did a really good job bouncing around to different people. But I noticed they did as they were, I don't even know what they call it. They do some sort of processional before they walk the horses out. I think uh, like all the, all the owners and trainers can walk down the track. And they had like six different sideline reporters on track reporters interviewing them. You know, some of them were a disaster. Others were kind of cool. But, sure. you know, it's people hustling. But you just get kind of juiced up for the race. And, and then they had like all 19 people make picks. And as soon as they all made picks, and then I saw – uh, mattress dude was actually part of the broadcast because he was doing another one of his furniture promotions and putting money on the favorite, which close, but no cigar on that one. But the buildup was cool, and then the race itself was freaking awesome. It was, it was, it was I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it's one of the things you watch. You're like, all right, the horses raced. I, I thought. Did the- you did you actually watch the replay to see how this? What is it? Strike rich, rich strike, whatever it's called. Um, how this rich strike, like one, it was so friggin' far back. I know oh, I'm, yeah. I'm nerding out on horse racing, but, you are. but it was actually a really good race. And then you had, you had the, uh, what the, the horse was bought for $30,000. It wasn't in the race Friday morning. And then I think it was ethereal drops out and they're like, yeah, we'll try it. <laughs> and like the announcer's like, I've never really, I've never talked to this trainer. I don't know the owner. Like, like, I know it's horse racing, so it's it's not like it was forty years ago. No, but what happened was pretty nuts. No, it's a cool story for in sure. In a one time spot, and this horse was like, I mean, I hope it wasn't. You know, I, I want to. Well, I hope it wasn't roided up because I'll say first of all, it was like super. I guess it wouldn't be superhuman, like super horsey strong down the stretch. It went crazy. Blowing away two of the favorites, it, like just shot like between a bunch of horses. Goes to the front, wins it. You could hear 
the uh, the track announcer was like, what the hell? And then Tariko, who's usually not like a lunatic, he comes on. He's like Gus Johnson at that point. Kevin Harlan just screaming about what an upset was. It was, what, the second biggest upset in history. Yeah. 80 to 1. Um, I guess some people had it. Look like uh, your betting writer, Dewey, bounced around a little bit. That's some people, you know, because someone will always fire a couple bucks just in case. Well, I think uh, both- the winner, and then if you had an exacta, like the winner was one sixty, the exacta was three twenty. wasn't wasn't like a what is it? If you if you had all like the the top four, it was something like three hundred twenty one thousand dollars. Yeah, but it was crazy. A lot of the people that had it, not to disparage people's handicapping abilities or whatever, but yeah. a lot of the people that had it, and I talked to some, I actually talked to some people on Friday night who were trying to take advantage of the mattress guy, as you said, right, and just flooding. Every other horse except for that horse, knowing that the paramutual market was going to go a certain way because he was going to bet so much money on the favorite that you just bet every other horse. Oh, really? And it, yeah, and and uh, there's people that were you know boxing every horse except that one and just trying to basically just try to play the advantage that you get paramutually. Um, paramutually is not a word, but in the paramutual markets. When you know somebody floods one particular horse, and I think a lot of people try to play off of that, so that's what horse racing is a lot of the times. In addition to just trying to handicap a horse, which makes it, I guess, a little bit less fun. Uh, but you know that that is what happened. And you talked about the replay when they showed it. You know, they kind of highlighted it when they showed the replay of like, here's where the horse is, huh. and it took off. I couldn't care less about the horse during the race. After the race, just biting every other it horse. Was, that was that's that amazing. To me was awesome. Um, Sonny Lon, I guess I didn't know the jockey really. He's like. First start, like they, they didn't know him, um, and yeah, then the horse. That's why I said, I li- listen. I hope all the drug tests come back. I hope I don't want to run right to it, but he looked like he was like road raging. He was so fired up that he won. They bring this guy by with a pony, right? You know, because they're, they're lead. They're trying to get the horses calm down and lead them. And this this guy's like, I want to still race, and he just keeps biting the other horse <laughs> and grabbing the rein and pulling the other horse's head back. I'm not, I'm telling you, folks, it seemed like it went on for a minute. Then the jockey on the pony is just like. Boom, 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 like throwing right hands, like crushing the horse to the head. I, I was like, it. I was I was I was waiting on social media for people to be like, what is he doing? That poor horse. Like he that horse, you know what's funny? Is and this is it's I guess it's just funny to me. I happen to pick out pick out, pick out one fighter who I know will sit there and take right hands and eat them. And I said, the horse is taking freaking rights as well as Tony Ferguson. And then we see Tony Ferguson take a kick to the face uh, for an all-time knockout. So, right, isn't he? Like, he's like kind of in the phone booth guy, just like, boom, boom, like sure. superhuman. And this horse was, he's just punching him, pushing him away. It was, I, it was, the race was fascinating. I can't wait. I actually will pay attention. Well, we'll see who makes it to the next race because it usually goes from 20 to like seven. Yeah, he's not racing in the next one. I don't you don't think? think? Or, I was actually, I was having like nightmare scenario that like, the the pony was gonna flip out and then just like you know somehow like bend like pull a Jordan Poole like right into his knee like Jordan Poole did on purpose to John Morant and take out the Kentucky Derby winner before he can even get to the winner circle. Uh, I'll I'll fire back on your oh it's coming subtle comment later oh it's coming uh, which is completely ridiculous um I, but I I feel like you said could test positive for Roy like horse roids. I think it'll be like PCP or bath salts. I think it's just freaking out. <laughs> <going> crazy. <laughs> that was nuts. It's going crazy. The horse on acid wins the Kentucky Derby. It was great. By the way, you're. I, I'm actually. I'm surprised. What what we should have seen 
is the horse just dash into the crowd, just jump, jump the fence, and try to attack Jack Harlow? What was that? That would terrible. Did you see that? What, what that he was there? No. That he was dressed he, up? He's there dressed up. And then he's got, like, I guess he's got minions that follow him around. Well, like he's a Roman emperor. They're carrying him through the muck, I guess, to not screw up the bottom of his suit and his, like, what are we doing here? How rich are you? His town. How spoiled are you? It's his town. He's being lifted off the track. Louisville guy. Walk, brother. How big have you gotten? This Louisville guy. Oh, you rave about this guy. I was listening to some of his stuff over the weekend. I Then I see him being carried like he's a Kardashian. The new album is not, it's not great. It, okay. It's certainly not as good as his first one is unbelievable. The new one is it's fine. All right. Well, what do you what do you think of him being carried? Hey, it's your town, man. You gotta you know. Would you ever let someone you. carry you? You'd be a little harder to carry. Yeah. But... Uh, no, of course not. Okay. But you, I also don't like. Did he have to do TV stuff? And it was like, you know, I've done some. Not not nobody's carrying me, of course. But like, you do some weird things to try to protect your clothes if you're trying to do TV or what something okay, like that. Like, like what you wear them separately and that's that sort of stuff. Like I, I don't know. Roll up your pants. Maybe you could have done that. No, that, no that bring some galoshes for him. I'll mess the pants up. Or just mess up your outfit. Nah, you can't do that. For Be a me. true Louisville person. Louisville. Yeah. True Kentucky uh, Derby person. I saw everyone else walking in the mud, dirt. Well, he's not good enough for Jack Harlow. His album just came Someone's got to carry gotta, him. You got to protect him. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. You are, are officially. You a little bit. Well, no, because you are old. I mean, this is that you're the target demo. Like a lot of the things Just that we right to right to the ages bit. Well, always goes to the age. It wouldn't have been if you didn't no. get us all excited. We know nobody over, nobody under sixty five loves the Derby. I don't agree. Okay, I think super wealthy people who can afford to be there. Sure, I think there's a lot of. I think there's there, there's a demo of people who are very much into horse racing or under forty years old. No, but I don't think I don't think the. People that are there, and like everybody has these Kentucky Derby parties. Like I, I knew people at Derby parties in Phoenix that were then coming over to the to the fights. Like, but they're not. They don't care about the race. It's the scene and like being around. Just it. a and chance like, to play. Nobody dress will. Up. Sure, nobody will break down. The, like if you asked ninety percent of people at like Kentucky Derby parties to like break down what happened in the race, like they wouldn't be able to. I bet eighty percent of the people there didn't know what happened in the race. Well, they're far gone at that point. Sure, sure. But they're, they're also not watching it. They're just there for the scene. All right. Well, later in this week, I will. Uh, we'll get. We'll get a. We'll get a horse racing expert on to uh, break things down before the preakness. Probably next week. You'll hear more yeah. epicenter talk. Have you been if, to the epicenter runs? Have you been to the track? I've never been to that track. I heard uh, the neighborhood's not that great. It's on campus. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, okay. It, it, I mean, literally, like I. Uh, You've been there. Well, so I. I <laughs> Weirdly, um, I booked a flight at the combine. I booked a flight out of Louisville instead of Indianapolis mm-hmm. um, because it was, it was a direct, and I had to get back for UFC that night. It was a weird thing, but so I had to drive from Indy to Louisville, Louisville, and uh, get it right. I was like, I had like an hour just to kind of drive around town, and I just I was like, oh, let me go see the track. I went so I went to the Louisville football stadium, the basketball arena, the AAA stadium, and the and Churchill Downs. Of course, that's what I would do when I go sightseeing in a town. Um, and yeah, it was, it's, it's like literally a half mile from the football stadium, like right there on campus, but it's not like, yeah, it's a weird, you know, it's just kind of there. Like, it's not like a big buildup of like, you're almost there. It's like, you're just there. It's cool. It's a cool little. Imagine what would have happened if you tried to hug Jack Harlow at the event. He'd be cool. Just get beaten down. I'd be cool with it. You sure? 
Men of the people. He's that kind of guy? Men of the people. All right, well, Chris Paul, apparently, I don't know what's going on here. I hear a lot of people actually going after Chris Paul and his family for sensationalizing this whole thing, but something happened. He tweeted afterwards, he's pissed, and uh, it's being kind of told as a story of his family being attacked. I don't know what happened. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. We could put an end to all this stuff. Some of this stuff these fans say, let's take them right down to center court for five minutes. Let's give me five minutes to center court with them until say, you ain't going to press no charges. Say what you just said to me right to my face right here for these five minutes. I'm going to beat your ass, beat the hell out of you. It, it would take you five minutes? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to beat them up quickly. I'm going to jab them a little bit. Then I'm going to lay the haymakers on their ass. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. You ever talk to someone who's uh, speaking like Charles was there? That was about uh, fan interaction, and especially uh, CP3, Chris Paul, uh, alleging that his family got some unwanted hugs and, you know, they were mistreated by Dallas fans. You ever talk to someone who's like Barkley, who's like 57, 58, and when they say that, you're like, bruh, five minutes. You couldn't go 40 seconds fighting someone. Yeah. If you didn't sure. hit them, what would happen after the first 40 seconds? You're <laughs> 125 pounds overweight. I mean, he, right? I mean, Barkley, Bar- if Barkley was in shape, he's 220 pounds. I'm not going to say he's going to get down to like 180. He's a, he's a thick guy, but he's, he got, he's got to weigh what? 150? Oh, I'm sorry. 350, 375? Like, I just like when he was doing it, it's like, it's funny, but like, Charles, you're not fighting anybody. If you can't get near them, you're, you're going to keel over and, and, and be done. Did you ever watch a fight, like a bar fight? We have, right? Sure. Been involved in a few, not in you know years and years and years. Didn't say I was successful, Bar- but you like you you gasped pretty quickly. Barkley threw somebody through a window. So I mean, he was when he was like twenty eight. Sure. He's fifty seven years old. I bet you we can still go for a couple minutes. Uh, believe me, he he's not going for any minutes. He's still a professional athlete. I think he's got it's something a, in him. It is a weird. It's an honest message. That is a weird message coming from one of the NBA's. Rights carriers that sure. let's bring fans down and beat them up. <laughs> okay. Go. Well, I mean, do it, we it know is... what happened here? No, because well, I'm, I am, I did, I heard some pushback on it, and this is kind of his thing, but you know, I, I tell you all the time, I like Doug Gottlieb's show over on our sister station, Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. And like he was almost going to the side of saying that you know this is an overreaction. I'm not willing to say that because I don't know. No, well, but here's but here's why I think people are jumping to that conclusion. It's it's there's kind of some silly layers to it, I guess. But you know, Chris Paul tweets it out. Some people talked about it and said, "Hey, look what happened." And then the video is shown of the fan getting taken out by security. Now the fan is like a 16 year old kid. Yeah, he did look pretty young. That's not the person who was doing it. Oh, okay, so. That's why I think a lot of people are like, this kid, really? That's And kids can be obnoxious, of course. Right. And and Chris Paul did say, if you see the video close up, they're taking the kid out. And, and it it's a very, to me, it's kind of comical. The kid, again, maybe he's 18, 19. He looks 16. He, he looks like a goofy kid. And Chris Paul gets right in his face as security takes him out and said, we're going to meet again later. Like, okay, it looks like he's threatening a little kid. Now, they were taking the kid out because apparently the kid – has those tickets so that's with his family, and there was two seats empty, and he was like up in the concourse and brought two people down to sit in those seats that weren't supposed to be there, and they were the ones that caused the problem. 
So the kid is getting dragged out, not because he was doing it, but because he brought people in that did cause a problem. So I think it it, it has become kind of this silly thing on the internet of, man, you're that's the kid you're mad at? Like that no. That wasn't that wasn't it. And again, we don't know what happened, what went down, but the kid was being taken out because he brought people into the situation that did cause a problem, supposedly. And the Mavs were pretty quick to be like, hey, this was a problem. And we Is there a video out? Are they going to release a video? Well, there's a couple of different angles. Like, there's one on where... On the concourse, right? Because this happened on the concourse. It wasn't in the crowd. No, it was in the crowd. But when there's the video of the, of the guy with his hand on Chris Paul's mom's shoulder at the court. Okay. Now, again, it didn't look like anything that you would overreact about. It's just somebody touching her. And then the allegations are when they were leaving, as they were walking up the stairs, then they were continued to be harassed and grabbed and stuff thrown at them, apparently, is, is what they were saying. But that's when they were walking up the stairs from the court. Interesting. But, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, again, nobody really knows what happened. And then everybody has kind of turned their attention to, well, this is the kid that was getting dragged out. Like, what did he do? He's like, yeah. you know, he's like this high school kid. And it looks silly that all, that all these like professional athletes are threatening to hurt him. Like, how could that be possible? Again, it's possible for kids to, to cross the line and be obnoxious and do things that would make you want to hurt yeah. them. Uh, but it, apparently it was not that kid that did it. Uh, Joy Taylor on a counter show was talking about this, and she got pretty fired up, you know, running through the defense of Chris Paul and against fans in general. Keep your hands to yourself. It's not hard. It is not hard. None of these people have ever had hands really put on them before because they would not be behaving this way, first of all. So your parents failed you, one. Two, when did this become appropriate behavior? We just saw this with the Chappelle show. Stop letting the internet gas you up into thinking that you have this bubble protection. You don't. Interesting. Okay. I think that the guy ran up on Chappelle may have some mental health issues. Yeah. He's got injuries because he got his ass kicked. I don't know who got in most of the shots. If it was Chappelle, Security, Busta Rhymes, or Jamie Foxx. I heard a, I heard a hilarious, a hilarious conversation from some comedians about that. Like, usually, if you're if you're getting like beat by like a group of people, it's just like some random faceless people. Like, could you imagine you're just getting kicked and stopped to beat up? You're like, that's Busta Rhymes. Oh my God, that's that's Jay Z. Like, what is, what is happening here? That would be a really ridiculous situation to be in. Um, but I think to, to her, first of all, again, we don't know what happened. And uh, the kid, I just remember, I forgot to put this part in too. The kid that is being taken out posted on his Instagram story, look, I messed up bringing those people down there. Like they, they messed up and I brought them there and that is my fault. I should not have done that. So like clearly something happened. Something definitely went on because he was even talking about that. But again, we don't know what it is. And to her point about... You know, people have never had hands. I think there is a legitimate thing to that. Like the internet and Twitter and Facebook and things like that have allowed people to think they can say whatever they want and that the quote unquote First Amendment guarantees like there's no repercussions for that. Like that applies to the government. That doesn't apply to somebody beating you up for saying what you said. And like there is this like I can say whatever I want and troll however I want and say whatever I want but nobody's going to hit me. But I don't think that's true either because how many times have we heard people say, like, I've got my butt kicked a hundred times? Like, that happens. Some people just don't care. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Small ballpark, that's a easy out <laughs> um, in 99% of ballparks. So, um, you know, the wind was, wasn't helping today, obviously, but I uh, just happened to hit it in a little league ballpark, you know, to right field. 
gives no Fs, and that's why you love him. It's Dave Koken on Cofield and Company. All right, let's bring in Dave. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield. What's up, Koken? What's up? Uh, I guess Woodward uh, doesn't know much about StatCast. Yeah, fill people in on uh, Chris Woodward, who's opened up his big yapper once again, the manager of the Rangers. Yeah, he said it was a Little League home run, and uh, it was a home run in all but four ballparks. Right. Well, also, I mean, isn't there something to pitching to the you know pitching to the park that you're in and not you know pitching to a spot where it's not going to be as easy to hit it to that spot? It's not that easy anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> home runs are down, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, uh, Nobody's hitting the ball, so if you can hit the ball 369 feet and get a home run, I'd say it's legit. I'm assuming Chris Woodward, when he played, had, what, uh, 85 home runs in Yankee Stadium down the line? Yeah, that was on an annual basis, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> not quite. What is with that dude and the and the brashness? And I mean, he's not exactly working for a, uh, a franchise right now that should be giving him a, a bloated ego. Well, yeah, but he's got an excuse because uh, Dallas is a small market. Yeah. <laughs> Because you, you remember, Woodward's, Woodward's the same guy who started the whole thing with Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. a couple of years ago, which at the time, uh, Padres, the manager then, what was it, Jace Tingler, was dumb enough to actually jump on board with the opposition and rip his own superstar. He should be more concerned with his own team. Uh, you know, it's a one nothing loss today, and with any kind of decent defensive play, Aaron Judge is out at the plate. Uh, left fielder kind of fiddling around with it. After he finally got the ball, uh, the, the cut out the throat of the home plate was terrible. Um, worry about that instead of uh, worrying about how far the other uh, the other guy hit the ball and whether it should have been a home run or not. Yeah, the uh, Yankees have been a pretty good story the last couple of weeks, and while not you know crushing the ball at the plate, they've actually gotten a lot of good starting pitching. That's the key right now in baseball. It's yep. uh, do you have the starting pitching because the teams with good pitching are just dominating and. Maybe it'll change when the weather warms up. I don't know. Uh, but right now it looks like uh, pitchers have the edge. And, and personally, I, I think there's going to be discussion about lowering the mound. You've got these, these guys are huge now. Right. They throw harder than they ever did before. And they've got an advantage. Uh, in 1968, they rose the mound. And maybe it's time to consider going back down a little bit, maybe three inches. Dave, how about instead of a... You know, game-altering move like that, you just go back to the real baseballs. I don't know what the real baseballs are, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, what what are they? I have no idea. I, I don't know. That that's something beyond my comprehension. <laughs> uh, well, we've been we've it was talked about in the off season that the balls might be a little bit softer, um, and it kind of seems like something they can adjust when they want the manufacturing of the ball. I mean, isn't that the easiest way to explain why runs I, are down? I don't know. I, no, I think it's just good pitching and bad situations. Really? This is, this is the downside of launch angle mania. And in a way, the analytics craze. Because it's become a three true, out, a three true outcomes game. Walk, strike out, or hit a home run. Uh, there aren't that many players who use the whole field anymore. And I think that's hitting's kind of becoming a lost art. Well, one guy who I think still does it pretty well is Miggy. Uh, Miguel Cabrera still chugging along for the Tigers, but yeah. the team hasn't quite hasn't quite no. been as good as, as hoped for. <laughs> no, they're a flop right now. Uh, they're not scoring at all. Uh, the pitching has been okay, but that's about it. Uh, but the primary company, I mean, 
there's a lot of bad offense in baseball, but theirs is real bad. They've got nobody who can hit. What are we doing with this game today? Battle of just ugh, Oakland well, and Detroit. Detroit's been terrible of late. The A's have been freaking worse. They're 0 for May, and they're 2-12 and 12 in their last 14. Yeah, I don't mind that because I've got the under on the Oakland wins prop. Mm, nice. Um, I think Blackburn has a pretty good-sized edge over Pineda based on the way they're pitching so far this year. Blackburn added a couple of miles of velocity this year, and he's gone from being kind of a fringe guy to a, a pretty solid starter so far for Oakland. And the A's do have Laureano back, uh, which I know sounds ridiculous, but he might be the best player on the roster, uh, which, which tells you the state of the Oakland roster. Yeah. But that is going to help him. He gives him a legit leadoff guy who can hit for a little bit of average, you know, maybe 250, 260, but he can steal, plays a very good outfielder, and, uh, and he's got occasional pop, so he's going to help in the lineup. Are we seeing signs of life from the Reds, or are they just playing the Pirates? Yeah. Uh, but so is Pittsburgh. What would you do today with? Uh, did you do anything with Castillo coming back? Uh, first start yeah. of the year, plus one, what sixty? No, I, I'm not playing Cincinnati basically under any conditions. And but Milwaukee just blew them off the field last week in Milwaukee, and they're coming out of a big series with the Braves. This could be a flat spot, and, and you know the Reds, they are pros, and I would think they were a little embarrassed last week. And at least they've won two out of three, so maybe they can compete tonight. I don't. I have no idea what to make of Castillo. First start back off the injury. It was a shoulder uh, issue, so got to see whether his velocity is what it normally is. And and uh, I have no idea how long he's going to be out there. When do the Red Sox come out of their swoon? Because they cannot freaking hit. They just had uh, what sweep it at the hands of the White Sox. They scored five runs in three games. And when can this turn? I don't know. They. They've got some holes in their lineup. I mean, Devers is great. Bogart's a terrific player. J.D. Martinez can still hit. Uh, but there's not a lot else on that team. And I, it looks to me like they're going to be sellers. How close is their uh, their gigantic first base prospect? He's a ways away. There's yeah. no way to there's, – there's no reason to bring him up right now. If the team was playing 500 ball, you could say, all right, but let him get his at-bats every day in the minors and – keep the service time off the books for the, for the present time. He's a hell of a prospect, but, you know, there's still some growth to be done there. Wagertalk.com is where you can find Dave Stuff. Dave Coconut up on Cofield and company. Did you play anything with the early starts in the NHL playoffs? I've got a Rangers series bet, so I'm rooting for them tonight. And I've got the Avalanche series prop. I think I talked about that last you week. Did. You did. You sure. did. Uh, so they need to win one of the next two to close that out. And hopefully they'll do it tonight. Uh, I think Calgary wins, but Ottinger's been great, and the big question right now, the NHL, is where is Barry Trotz going to land? <laughs> and a lot of people are hoping to go, it's the Golden Knights. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but uh, it does make things interesting. Is, I'm not going to say, is that what you're hoping for? Do you think that would be a good move, get rid of DeBoer, bring in Trotz? I, I think Trotz going anywhere is an improvement. He's one of the best coaches in the league. I Personally, I think the Flyers are going to make a big move for him. They need a coach, yep. and they need they need a dramatic change uh, to their their culture. And Trotz is just the guy for it. You know, Philadelphia is going to spend money, so I I think they're going to make a big offer to Trotz. We'll see. Can McCrimmon and DeBoer work together? I, I'm still sticking with McCrimmon goes. <laughs> he gave really? Foley gave him a vote of confidence last week. Uh, you know what those mean? How if you're DeBoer? How 
How long would you wait? Because Adam was saying last week he thinks DeBoer will be scooped up instantly um, oh, by yeah. someone else. So why? Like, how much longer does DeBoer wait? It's kind of swinging in the wind here. I guess that's up to him. He's going to decide whether they're going to keep him long term, in his opinion, or if he's thinking, hey, they might let me go, or I'm going to be in the hot seat going in. Maybe he investigates other moves. PDB would have to tell you about that, and I can tell you this: he's not going to tell you about that. Yeah, and he, it would seem crazy to kind of come back as a lame duck coach. Usually you'd want that extension before that final year of contract. Yeah. He said, hey, he's long enough in right now. He doesn't care about those sort of things. He's really? like, yeah, I'll get a job. He's like, yeah, I'll coach a year and get a job somewhere else. If you want to get, move on from me, that's fine. Oh, look, I mean, oh, wow. if, DeVore, if DeVore gets let go, either he gets another coaching job or he moves into the broadcast booth. So yeah. he's, not hurt. he's not hurting for situations. Um, you mentioned the Rangers. How much confidence do you have in Shesterkin? He was so good all year, and this year he's just not been there. Well, I think he comes up with a big game tonight. Uh, this, this should motivate him. Goalies don't y- like getting yanked, and uh, I think he's going to be strong tonight. Dave, let's close on this. Did you uh, did you bet the Derby? No. Why not? Which means, which means I saved money. <laughs> because uh, I, I can tell you that it would not have been on strike, uh, rich, rich strike. Uh, no, I couldn't figure the race out. I didn't really spend that much time on it, but it was kind of like, there's just too many horses, and they're too close. But the 80 to one shot was never going to be a consideration. So, And he got the dream trip of all time. All those horses. And he had, it's like, the, it was like he was in the carpool lane by himself, yep. going down the stretch. The no traffic gates. at all. Yep. The floodgates opened. He just sprinted and went right inside, and I think everyone was surprised as hell. So it was a, it was a cool event. I don't know if you watched it, but I, I really enjoyed watching it. He caught the track announcer by surprise. I know. Yeah. You could tell he was blown away. Tariq, Tariko comes on right after, and he was flipping out. Like, yeah. they just were not prepared. Like, what? Eden wants who? Rich strike, strike, rich. What? Who? What? Right? I mean, the, horse was, the horse wasn't in the race on Friday morning. Had him. Uh, Dave Sharpen did some interesting betting and came up with a. Really? Uh, he hit the, I think he had a trifecta boxer. Oh. Like uh, and a friend of mine's wife. I had 20 across the board. I have no idea why she picked him, but wow. the, uh, the serious horse handicappers, uh, uh, for the most part, didn't do very well. All right, Dave. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Sounds good, guys. See you. There is Dave Koken. Wagertalk.com. Wagertalk.com. We'll get to Mattress Mac. <laughs> Your guy. Who wagered, I think, upwards of like three mil total with a chance to win 12 mil. And his horse was there. I bet his horse. I was like, if he's going to win, I'm going to win. Screw that. I didn't bet one, whatever he bet, 1.6 million on the horse, epicenter. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't want his horse to win. Well, but my guess is if he could win one, if he could win 12 points or 12 million total, that that outpaces. I thought their sales were like twelve. Oh, is that right? They I we got we, do, does does he release the number every time for each individual sales I promotion? I don't think so. Okay, um, but I I did I saw that number somewhere that the sales were somewhere north of twelve million. So I think he probably wanted the horse to lose. Plus the, all the paperwork and everything you have to do with that. The paperwork it has to be a nightmare. <laughs> So you just won't play along with the hey the guy's gonna win a lot of money. No, it, it absolutely that story absolutely actually infuriates me. 
I know. Was, you, uh, you and Von Tobel. We'll get to it with Von Tobel in a couple minutes. Uh, we're about 20 minutes away from checking in with another of the uh, Raiders draft picks. Uh, Thayer Munford, one of the offensive linemen selected in the draft by the Las Vegas Raiders, will join us.